Welcome to the Vacate Victimville podcast, where we champion mental wellness and a growth mindset. I'm your host, Vernice Cooper, and I have one question. Are you ready to grow? Okay, welcome back to the Vacate Victimville podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. Um, I don't even know where to start with this one right here. She has been a person of interest, not just for this podcast, but sometimes you just watch people grow and evolve and you can't wait till they start shining. So let me let me introduce everyone to Shalia D. Reed. Um, she is an identity coach who helps people discover their authentic selves and become an effective leader in her day job as the chief of staff and Chief of Communications Officer of a large urban school district, she uses the power of storytelling to advocate for the over 8,700 people on staff in her school district. Shalia is passionate about using her voice to empower others through stories, sharing lessons learned from her own life experiences and those of others she has worked with through the years. Everyone has a story worth telling, and she has dedicated her life to helping people find theirs through professional development, leadership coaching, mentoring, and speaking engagements. Shalia hopes to leave a lasting legacy for students, her mentees, and her sons, Alden and Anders, to become future change agents. We're here today because Shalia's latest project is her self-help memoir hybrid Entitled do, entitled do You, The Audacity to Live a Bold and Authentic Life, detailing key stories in her life that made her a thought leader in authentic living and identity. Welcome to the Vacayville Victimville podcast, Shalia. I'm so excited to have you. Listen, I've been waiting to get here for a long time. I just wanted to be in the number, be in the VIP section. I, I was okay with just sitting in general admission. So I'm happy that you at least decided to bring me on, have something to say, and you have the place for me to say it. Thank you for letting me be here. Yes. I don't even think people, um, she's, a, she, I think this word might be overused a bit, um, but you're a balls. And I don't <laughs> mean B-O-S-S, I mean B-A-W-S-E. And so um, if she sounds, if, if you guys hear her sounding a little um, humble, if you hear a little humility, um, maybe it's because she's entering a new space, but she's a boss. Okay. Um, so. <laughs> that's, that's funny because um, yesterday someone texted me and said, you're a boss. And I finally said, you're right. Mm-hmm. Which was, I've not been there before. I do like to be humble. But it was a little humble brag. Yeah, like, yeah, you're right. I am. Yeah, you're right. I, I am. Yes. Um, so tell us, uh, tell our listeners where you're from, where you currently reside, and where you're heading. Sure. I am from the great state of Texas. Um, and I, the home I reclaim is Houston, Texas, although um, I've lived in the Dallas area, the Fort Worth area, the Metroplex, and then um, Houston. I am a Houstonian through and through. Um, If you could see me, I'd be throwing up the H right now. All the things that you think about when you think about Houston from cowboy boots to spinners, 
um, rims on your cars to <laughs> purple drink to the Astros winning and the Texans losing. That's me. I am a Houstonian through and through, and I love my city. Yes. And, and where are you headed? Where am I headed? I am headed to freedom. Mm. Uh, I was going to say up yonder because y'all know that song, but I- I'm headed to freedom. I'm headed to a place where um, I'm just free to be who I am, um, free to do what I want and uh, free to nap a little longer. Oh, wait, nap. So I'm, I'm going to give that nap a little a little context for the listeners. Um, not only is she a boss, right, um, in her day job as chief of staff, chief communications officer, but she also um, is a wife and mother of two tiny people. How old are your boys? Uh, I, Alden is three years old, going on 33. And Anders <laughs> is nine months and believes he's three years old. So these are really little people who have big personalities and a long list of needs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and to your credit, you and your husband's credit, I mean, you guys are able to meet those needs. So I get to see um, them living their best, their very best (laughs) life on social media. They are. Um, That is a decision that we made when we decided to have a family. We wanted to make sure that uh, whatever we gave them is, it was the top the best. Um, I just don't believe in mediocre, um, mediocrity. I believe in abundance. And so I want me to give them, me to be able to give them everything I can so that when they wake, walk into the world as adults, nothing is a surprise to them. Nothing is off limits to them. So I, I just try to expose them to everything. Yes. Okay. So, uh, we're going to get into some of this legacy stuff, but uh-huh. can we talk about this debut book? Do you? Yeah. Do you? That's, that's, I mean, the way you say it, like, do you, you could add, do you boo? Sis, do you, you, you can add all of those things, but ultimately it's about people understanding that everything you have is inside of you. Mm-hmm. You are um, enough. You are whole And I want people to recognize that like everything that happens to them happens for a reason and that pretty much they need to walk around being the best them. Um, I can only be the best Shalia. You can be the the best Vernice. I mean, you have to do you. I mean, that it's so simple, but it's so complicated. Oh, it's very complicated. I love the subtitle, the audacity to live bold and an authentic life. And sometimes, um, I don't, I don't know We're we're in this era of social media. So, um, authenticity sometimes is a challenge right. for folks, right? They only want to put out the best picture, the best moments. Um, That's right. so living bold and authentic, I mean, that part really stuck out for me and that is part of doing you. It is. Um, so, you know, people ask now, like, when did you start writing this book? I mean, I I didn't even know you were writing. I didn't know I was writing either. But I remember, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, I told someone that that, um, audacity was my favorite word. Mm -hmm. And that word has been playing over and over and over in my mind. And um, I think that that's what it comes down to, like audacity. When you look it up, it means it, it has its own definition. But when I think about it, it's like, you have the courage, but the courage beyond the courage. You you are just blatantly 
honest and doing something. You know, you're you're doing it and saying, I don't care. I think about audacity as like jumping out of an airplane. And I don't, as you said, I think people are, you know, using filters on social. You know, um, they are, you know, worried about what someone's going to say or if they're going to spell something wrong. But I'm just simply reminding people that like, we're all doing the best we can with what we have. Mm. And so you might as well live in that, own that, you know, carry that with you. And when you do that, you're going to help someone else. I promise Mm. that. Yeah, that's good. I love that you define audacity as being courageous. I think Mm -hmm. this is really important, especially for this audience where we're always talking about a growth mindset and growth takes courage. It does. You have to grow. You have to say that you want to go beyond where you are. So going beyond where you are means you have to acknowledge where you are. Um, And that's hard for me every single day. I mean, imagine you, I'll be honest and tell you that like this week I cried. I cried because I had to go pick up my three-year-old from school because he had an accident. And I was like, what did I do wrong? Mm. What could I have done differently? And it was in that moment that I had to like reflect and you can't just move forward and do something different. Like you have to reflect on what you did so you don't do it again. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, what did I do? And then, you know, ultimately the reflection was, sweetie, you didn't do anything. This is what happens with the three-year-old. But mm-hmm. I was just in that moment thinking, okay, what can I do better? I was frustrated mm-hmm. um, growing through my challenge. Yeah. It, it was, that was what I was crying about. Not that it happened, but that I was growing through my challenge. And uh, Vernice, what I realized is that sometimes we don't recognize that we have to be challenged to grow through it. Like we, we want everything to be, an A plus. Well, you have to, you can't be an A plus all the time. You, yeah, you have good. to like, you have to do, get some grit in you, some dirt, get, you have to get dirty a little bit. Yeah. Um, what you're talking about, you're, you're, you're already going in oh. is, <laughs> is advanced humanism, right? Ooh, giving yourself, giving yourself some grace mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. just being like, this is what it is. And I can make it through this. Yeah. Um, there is a chapter in the book called um, For Such a Time as This. Mm. And I, being um, a professional, right, my job has, has me representing other people, problem solving for organizations. And I admit in that chapter that like, I didn't think I was prepared (laughs) for Mm -hmm. that moment, for this specific moment. And like you said, I had to give myself some grace. It took a friend telling me, no, sis, you are prepared for this. Mm. And she went through all the things I had done well to get to that moment while I was going through all the things I hadn't done well. Mm. Um, And so that advanced humanism, we don't recognize, but like, that's what's going to make us better. That's what's going to make us shiny and polished and smooth and helpful to someone else. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the friend. I say this um, pretty often, which is the mirror is the worst reflection of who we are. Mm. Because when we look at it, we, we only see what is. And I asked people, if you really want to know something about yourself, ask the people around you. Like a friend told you 
they're the best. Look into the eyes of your sons, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's when yep. you see that that the best <laughs> the best parts of you. These two kids, they will humble you, but also celebrate you. Yes. You know, um, he told me the other day that I I was stinky. Okay. <laughs> Alden said, mommy, you're stinky. And I thought to myself, I probably do need a bath. But then he snuggled right up. Yeah. He went past that snuggle. He went past that stinkiness and snuggled with me because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, he, he liked me and wanted my, you know, my hug embrace more than he cared about that. stinkiness. Yeah. And we forget about that we forget that we have to go past the things that we think that we see in the mirror that are so bad about us because there's something on the other side. That's much better. Yeah. These, these kids, I mean, the mirror, I, I don't even have to look in the mirror cause he'll tell me, mommy, yes. your socks don't match. You know, <laughs> uh, I have another friend. She has two boys and she taught, she tells me all the time, just wait, they'll tell you if you got fat, they'll tell if you need a haircut, they, they will tell you. <laughs> the you the brutal not- honesty. From the mouths of babes. Um, Shalia, you also identify yourself as an identity coach. Mm-hmm. And, and of all the coaching, like as a as a life coach, I hate to even use that word or even say that I'm a life coach sometimes because it's overused. Um, but I love identity coach. Can you explain what that means? Sure. Now, let me be honest and tell you. That I have a that I have an executive coach. At one point, I had an ex, uh, an equity coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At mm-hmm. some point, I had a, you know, he was a, a strength and conditioning coach or a trainer. I've had a pastor who was a spiritual coach, right? So I believe um, that you need people in your corner to help you be your best self. And because I can't help but to tell you about the book, I mean, I'm going to end up telling the whole world about the whole book before they even read it. But <laughs> there, there is a chapter that talks about cheerleaders and I refer, refer to someone saying um, every champion needs um, someone in their corner. And all of those people have been in my corner. But what I learned is that what people really need is to be reminded of who they are and what they bring to the table. And so in my mind, my role as an identity coach is to help you understand who you are and use those superpowers to change the world and ultimately make yourself, you know, fit into whatever space you want it to be, whether you want it to be the best rapper alive or you want to be, you know, the best mom or the best, um, you know, teacher. Yeah, that's good. And so through identity coaching, we figure out who you are, your superpowers, how you got there, and how you can connect those pieces um, to get to your goals. Oh, I love that. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned, because a lot of times people, um, and, I, and I called you earlier a boss, I love that you're talking about, yeah, but I had coaches along the way. Still do. Still, yes. I, 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 I keep coaches for everyone listening, right? I've, I've had so many coaches along the way and I still have a coach. I don't even know. Sometimes I'm not even in the game. But You're I still, always in the game. Always. Yeah, well, I guess I'm always in the game, but I don't be starting all the time. 
<laughs> sometimes my coach pulls me out because I need yeah. um, some refinement. So I mean, sometimes you got to sit on the bench. But yes, I get it. You're on the team, then. You're I'm on still the on the team. I'm still on the team. But I love that you said that because I don't think a lot of people talk about that enough. Is that we've been coached, not just supported, but strategically coached on our path to success. Absolutely. I think that one of the things we don't do enough is um, reflect on the lessons we've learned. So I walk around with a notebook. Mm-hmm. I do not have one um, for this conversation, which I'm frustrated about because I saw it before I walked out. But this conversation has now become a coaching opportunity for me. So mm-hmm. I have now learned some new words like, um, su- what did you call it? Superhumanism. Yeah, advanced humanism. Advanced humanism. I need to write that down and explore that. You you gave me some other nuggets that I need to explore. That's coaching. Mm -hmm. I think that we are waiting for it to come in a big, pretty, shiny package with a bow on it. I think we feel like we have to be, you know, in in the right outfit, sitting in the right spot. But coaching happens every day, all day long. You just have to be open enough to receive it. And it can come from anyone. Mm -hmm. You don't have to pay them. Now, there are some coaches you do need to pay. Yes. <laughs> let me let me let me make that clear. But clear there, that up. There are <laughs> you do need to pay, right? You need to, to pause and like use the moment. But for the most part, there are um, coaching opportunities happening all the time. Mm-hmm. You, you, it's not you're not waiting for something magical to happen. It's already happening. Yeah, I I agree. Um, even in just regular conversation, I'll be in the airport and meet someone and I, I, I would say, hold on, just a sec. Let me write that down. Right. <laughs> yeah. This is also a craft of a good storyteller. And that's yeah. what you are. Thank right? you. So you turn everything into a story or you know how to retell a situation and make it a story. And I think that's that's what helps connect people. And I'm wondering if that's why you call yourself or identify also as a connector. Well, I think, I guess, I mean, you just gave me a new way of seeing it. Um, I I don't know. I don't know where I picked it up. Um, I was walking around as the plug when I worked, (laughs) when I worked at a university, the the, the kids were calling me the plug, the ultimate plug, because if they asked for something, I could probably get them access to it or point them in the direction. Mm. Um, I have what I really am. If you do all of my leadership, you know, those like, um, Gallup or Strength Finder, if you do those surveys, I keep finding that I'm a collector. Mm. I'm a collector. And it goes on to tell you that you're a collector and then you use that information. I took a new one and it told me that um, I focus on individualization. Listen, I can't say the word, but I focus on individuals and then I feed off their energy. Mm. And found is that using that, I am able to connect people because I learn what you need and what you have and what your strengths are. And then when I'm someplace else, I then spit that back out. And what happened is I become the Rolodex. I checked my email this morning at seven o'clock and two people were connecting me to someone else. And I thought, well, what am I going to do with them? That was my original thought. Then the next thing I know, I'm typing out a response. Hey, girl, great to meet you. I don't have anything in mind right now, but I'm going to add you to my my back pocket. And when I have some, I'm going to send it. And I meant that without even knowing it. It's just who I've become. So the connector for me is that I've just found that people 
need access to others. And sometimes they don't have a conduit to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God has just blessed me with that ability, that skill, and that, um, I guess that gift. Yes. That's a gift being a connector. Um, and so connector, AKA the plug, <laughs> AKA a resource, the Rolodex. Yeah. 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 Which means I'm always looking for somebody and connecting with somebody, talking to them at the airport, the hotel, the gas station. There's not somebody I've never met a stranger. Yeah. Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. I I experienced that when I first um, met you in person. Um, I felt like I've known you my whole entire life. So that is a testament to who you are and what you share, how you add value Mm -hmm. to, to not just the people you meet, but to the world. Right. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, so I, I blame my mama. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, no, you, you thank your mama. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yes. Um, I want to ask a question about what do you think gets in people's way as it pertains to being authentic? What do you think is a barrier to authenticity? Okay, look, I'm going to find this quote that I wrote down. Hold on. I'm looking, okay? While y'all are listening, I'm looking. Okay. I told y'all I keep notes, right? And so um, it's here. Yeah, no worries. Because I also, I often think about even my own journey, right? No one can do me. So I love that. That's why I love the title so much around do. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've also found my own barriers, but I want to know what you've seen as like barriers to authenticity. Okay, so there's two things. So we really are not fearful of failure. Mm. We're fearful of how people will see us fail in their reaction. Okay, so we can fail. Okay, (laughs) imagine you walking down the hallway and you fall. No one's around you. You get up. And you just dust your little stru- knees off and walk on. If you walk down the hallway with a and it's lined with people, you you're gonna lay there a little longer. <laughs> you, might, you might hit a oh, right? Because you're look, there's a reaction, and you're look, you're thinking like, what is this reaction? But the, so we're really dealing with the the other side of what happens when we fail. Mm-hmm. what are people going to say? What are people going to think? And it's in those moments that keep us from like being authentic because we're, we're waiting on someone's expectation. So that's one thing. I think the other thing is that um, we have to learn to be honest with ourselves about who we are and where we are. So when I, I knew a little while ago that I wanted to write a book, that I wanted to like tell people I was available for identity coaching and that they were going to have to pay me. You see, I'm fixing that up. Um, yes, I love how you <laughs> patched that one up. <laughs> um, when I, I knew that was going to happen, but what I was afraid of is one, the consequences of it. Consequences are both good and bad. And then two, like what people were going to say, like, are, are they going to ask me? are you ready to quit your job? Are they going to ask me, you know, what my availability was and I was going to have to make a decision? Like, I think we're, we're not honest about what our real concerns are. And until we get honest about that, then we can't be authentic. Mm, that's good. Yeah. So what I hear you saying too, um, it, it's an inward process. Yep. It's all ourselves. It's all inward. It's about it's, us. You yeah. got to be right here before you go out. Yeah. So you go up first, then across. 
you can't you can't just go across. You you got to figure out what's in before yeah. you put it out. Yeah, and I love this. I love what you said about fear, right? Because it's not so much of the fear of failure; it's the the fear of the perception of failure. Yes, yes. Okay, how will people perceive this? How will they judge me? Will I experience some rejection around it? Yeah. I journaled about, you know, the official launch of the book and the first half of the um, journaling was about how excited I was and that, you know, the reaction of people. Guess what the other half was about Mm -hmm. how the two, three, four, five people who I was expecting something from. I didn't get. So even in my celebratory um, moment, I still was wondering about these other people and their perceptions. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about, um, you know, Michael Jordan, amazing, wonderful, great. But there was a moment in time where he still was looking for somebody to cheer for him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we're always looking for somebody to cheer for us. We, but we have to be honest about that. Yeah. And I'm glad you said you journaled it because you can go back and reflect on, right, Um who was I looking for? What did I expect from them? Mm-hmm. And address those expectations. Cause that's real. There were some people that I was very disappointed. I was disappointed because I felt like they didn't support me in the way that I thought they should. Come on. Uh, expectation. Yep. Yep. But here's where Vernice's heart got checked. Two of those people actually in silence refer me to some very big gigs. Mm. Mm -hmm. So they were happy for me, just not in the way I wanted or I thought I should see it. And and that was a good reflection time for Vernice, right? Because sometimes, like you said, back to the expectation, sometimes expectation is um, premeditated disappointment. Oh, okay. I'm telling you, when I leave out of here, I'm going to go write these down. Premeditated disappointment. I have learned to not to live um, without expectation Mm. because also sometimes you set yourself up for the small things. Mm. So Mm. I'll try to walk around open to whatever happens so that when it does happen, I can be like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Did you find your quote? Uh, I said it already. Oh, okay. Okay. About the fear. About, uh-huh. Okay. Fear yeah, she's about to give away this whole book. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm oh, gonna... that wasn't, that, that's not in the book. That, okay. That's, extra, okay. Credit. that's extra, credit. extra credit. Extra credit. That's awesome. Can you give us um, one barrier obstacle that you've had to overcome in your own self-discovery journey that's equipped you to, to lead others and made you such a courageous, authentic, bold leader? Not just writer, not just author, not just mom, but a leader. Um, there's so many that I'm still working through because I don't know that I've mastered any of them. Um, there's two that come up. One that comes up immediately is that um, people can't describe me. Mm. They they don't <laughs> they don't have a way of describing me. It's like. You know, you've met someone and you're like, they're just lovely, right? You've met a person that you can describe as lovely. You've met a person that you can describe as like um, 
you know, nice. Uh, you've probably met someone that's friendly. I mean, you've met, you have people that you can put in these categories. Well, people tend to not be able to describe me. <laughs> they, can't, they can't find the words. <laughs> and I've taken that as a negative. Mm. Rather than see it as a positive. And I go back and forth. Um, I go back and forth. Some days I'm like, okay, well, you can't describe me because I'm indescribable, right? I, 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 you can't describe me because I'm, I'm so many things. Um, but then there's other days where I think, why can't I be like everybody else? Why can't I be nice? Why can't you describe me as wonderful or amazing? You know, why can't you just find a simple word to describe me? And what I had to come to the conclusion of is that you, your name is Shalias. You can't be described. <laughs> you just and live in that. And when I'm when I'm on fire and all cylinders are a go, right? I'm in the game, Bernice. I'm I'm playing. Um, then I don't need to be described and I'm not worried about that. I'm my authentic self. Um, everyone is benefiting from me being my authentic self. Yes. Um, when I'm not and I'm second guessing it, I'm missing layups. Mm. I'm fouling everybody. You you speak <laughs> basketball language, so you understand yes, it. I do. I, I can't dribble. I, you know, I'm tripping over myself. I'm frustrated. Yeah. And nobody is benefiting from it. And so what I what I have done to help other people is understand that like you, when you are literally doing you, being authentic, everyone benefits from it because you're not thinking about it. You're using your natural gifts and talents. Yeah. And then the other person, they're going to use their natural gifts and talents because you they don't have to be you and them. Ooh. That's good. So when I'm so when I'm doing that, when I'm living there, that's when I'm able to help others, and it it takes work. You know, you you have to wake up that that morning and and figure out. Okay, today we're gonna be me. <laughs> today we're gonna we're gonna be our best self. Yes, but that doesn't always happen. No, and I love that you said you know um, that it's a current struggle because sometimes you're you're walking into it. Sometimes you're doing you and sometimes you're guessing you. Yeah, but yeah. So it's still a current struggle. The, the better that where I've progressed is that I know it's a struggle, right? It goes back to that honesty piece. I know it's a struggle. I'm conscious of it being a struggle. Um, and so I'm able to identify when it's happening and then I can adjust what I didn't know for a long time is what that feeling was or why I was feeling that. And I was just roaming around and kind of rolling around in it. Um, but it still is a current, it's a current struggle. I got to go back and be like, okay, come on, let's, let's go back. Yeah. What, what's, what's, um, cause they got to buy the book, but what is <laughs> one, one tip that listeners can take away in developing that, courage you're talking about that audacity because it's, it's courage on top of courage when you have audacity i'm right now down too see you just you're giving them to me every day um there's a few but i think one that is a fan oh, they gotta buy the book ma'am they do they do so keep in mind that the book is designed around um, readisms which are things that i say every day mm -hmm. to people um, I think we I've come I've, I've I speak another language right where I just my response to you might be oh 
and you not you might not know what that means, yes. <laughs> uh, but you can fill in the gaps. Um, I've said, you know, do you? I've said, shine. I think one that really stands out that always gets people going is the rules are fake. And I think that when you figure out these rules are fake, you can, you can live your best life. You you can do you. And what I mean by the rules are fake is, I mean, this desire of, you know, having a hundred thousand followers before you write a book or this desire to, um, you know, graduate from college, get a good job, meet a wife, you know, buy a house, have a family in that order. That's Mm -hmm. all fake. That's, that's manufactured. These rules are fake, whatever those rules are. um, They, there's no manual that has it all written out. You, you get to come up with the life you want to live. Oh, that's so good. Did you guys hear that? That's a public service announcement. (laughs) The rules are fake. They are. I'm glad you even touched on like even the social media piece, because as much as we don't talk about it, this is the era of social media. And um, even the followers don't necessarily reflect sometimes the oil. No. What's funny is that when you look at when I um, so at one point, my social media was um, private and you see all these requests and it's like bitty bitty bum bum 1789. Who is that? Yes. What are they going to do for me? <laughs> or you see, you know, you see these like random requests and you're like, what? So I can imagine some of those folks that have 100,000 followers. Who are they? Are they real? Are they bots? You know, what are they? And and the truth of the matter is the folks that might not be posting but one or two times, they could be changing the world. Changing the world. With their 17 followers, right? Listen, I mean, <laughs> And every now and then they get on your page and say, hey, you know, um, my aunt, <laughs> and this this is a meme and a joke and everybody knows it. I have the praying aunt. You know, I can post about a dog and she's going to get on there and say, um, Shalia, we're, I'm praying for you. I'm praying. The, I'm praying the blood of Jesus over you. I mean, I'm talking about a dog, right? She's <laughs> not. <laughs> but what I'm telling you is that aunt for me? She, I know she's praying for me, which is, you know, clearing a path before I even get there. Yes. But she doesn't have 9,000 followers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, the power is not in the number of followers. It's just not. Yeah. Yeah. The power is in people not being able to describe you, Shalia. The power you. is in um, you being authentic and having the audacity to live a bold and authentic life. The power is the rules here are fake. I said it before. Someone needs to write that down. The rules are fake. And um, grab your copy of Do You, The Audacity to Live a Bold and Authentic Life. You will not be disappointed. I had the opportunity um, to to read this book ahead of time. And let me tell you, um, she's right. She, she talks in readisms, <laughs> call it readism. So it's not a self-help book per se, right? It's a, it is a very witty, clever guide um, using real life examples and storytelling. So um, I encourage you all to definitely grab that book. Shalia, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Um, I'm sure I'll have you back, you know, once you circle around through 
um, Oprah and everybody else <laughs> will have you come back here and say we had her first. <laughs> Thank you for that. Hey, um, you didn't tell the folks where they could get it from. Um, they can get the book and merchandise. Uh, one of those things that could be a reminder for you, the rules are fake. I put it on a t-shirt. You know, once you put that on a t-shirt, it's it's legit. So the rules are fake is on a t-shirt. Um, the book will have some additional merch and some more opportunities to um, engage. It's at shalia.com. And um, just so you know how to spell that, that's S-H-E-L-E-A-H.com. Yes. Please visit www.shalia.com <laughs> and get your book, Do You. Thanks again. Thanks. It's been such a pleasure. I'm sure we'll have you back. If you've enjoyed this segment, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button and to my tribe, the Victorious Vacators. You know what to do. Keep moving because your movement is the transportation to your transformation. Mm-hmm.